Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast, where we're all about encouraging and empowering people one story at a time. We hope you enjoy today's episode and have the best day ever. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Chad here. I want to thank you and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Unscripted Podcast. Podcast and today I'm sitting down with my good buddy Sean Yakovone, who's the founder and actually the owner of a little business, a little gallery called Ukulele Friend, an ukulele museum, if you will, housed in Kaimuki, Oahu, and he has some of the rarest original ukuleles in all of the world. We're talking things that are centuries old, hundreds of years old. And today on the podcast, he's going to be sharing with us the history of the ukulele and and also the history of many of the instruments that he has inside of his possession. You're not going to want to miss this. This is an amazing episode. Sitting with him, it actually taught me a lot of things. It actually opened my mind to a lot of things that go on in Hawaiian music culture today as well as in the past. So you're going to want to take a listen today as we talk to Sean Yakovon. All right, so I'm here with Sean Yakovon, who is um, the owner of a business called Ukulele Friend. Um, located here in Honolulu, Hawaii. And so, Sean, I want to thank you for, for joining us today on the Unscripted Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. So um, for those that are not from Hawaii or, or not familiar with exactly what the ukulele is, would you share with us a little bit about what exactly is a ukulele? I think we have a different view if we're from uh, different parts of the world. So sure. share that with us. Absolutely, absolutely. The ukulele is actually a blend of two Portuguese instruments. Uh, one of the Portuguese instruments uh, is called the rajao. It's a five-string instrument. It's about 27 inches long or so. Wow. And that's where the ukulele gets its tuning. The my dog has fleas. GCEA mm. tuning comes from that instrument. Wow. And the top string is actually a D. Wow. Uh, and, um, and then there's another smaller instrument from Portugal called the macheta de braga. It's the size of a soprano ukulele, but it's actually uh, has an alternate tuning. So what they did was they took the uh, tuning from the larger rajao and then they took the body size of the smaller machete de braga. They simplified the instrument, used indigenous wood, uh, woods here, such as koa and so forth. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then created, created the ukulele. So the ukulele is, is relatively new on the spectrum of, of, of instruments. You know, historically speaking, it's the first ukuleles were probably created somewhere around, you know, 18, nine, uh, maybe 1885-ish or so. Wow. Um, yeah. The first three guys that actually came here that quote-unquote created the ukulele, uh, one is Manuel Nunes, uh, another is Augusto Diaz, and the third is Jose do Espirito Santo. The three of them came over on a ship uh, from Madeira Island, Portugal, right? Yeah. From Madeira, called the Ravenscraig in 1879. Wow. And so they actually came here just as my great grandparents did as well and and uh, uh, and my grandparents did uh, to work in the plantation fields yeah. so they they came as a contract uh, to work um, uh, in the plantation fields but it was not uncommon for um, people um, that were uh, woodworkers uh, in the island of Madeira to to also make instruments wow. and so what, what we have basically is is these three um, men who came over to work in the plantation fields 
who worked out their contracts, which were generally um, about seven years. Yeah. Uh, and then they all moved. They, they were working on different islands, actually, but wow. they all moved over to, uh, to Oahu. And right in the heart of downtown, they opened shop. Oh. And and that's where the ukulele was really uh, created and born. So we talk about ukulele. It's actually an instrument that did not exist prior to uh, the creation here in Hawaii in the late 1800s. But you know, it, at the same time, um, there are two parent instruments from Portugal that from existed. Which the, yeah, that from which the ukulele was then created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is amazing, man. Yeah. Because I'm half Portuguese, and I, I'd heard stories that the ukulele was originated originated sorry from portugal but i didn't know yeah. the the history that, that deep i mean that's crazy and it's a long way from madeira if you can imagine what life would have been like on a boat yeah. for months on end to get to hawaii wow. and the joy you would have had when you yeah. reached the shores here yeah, yeah. Uh, and and certainly um you know in madeira um, music um it's an island as well mm. and so um music was uh island life island culture as it is here too yeah. And so, uh, and there were quite skilled um, musicians that were on that ship as well. And so, uh, some of um, the uh, some of these instruments actually made their way over. The parent instruments made made their way over on that maiden journey over to Hawaii wow. um, with those first immigrants. As a matter of fact, um, next year will be the hundred and fortieth year commemoration of the first Portuguese to Hawaii. Wow! And so. Um, um, you know, so there are some possibilities that we might be working with Bishop Museum and so forth to do some things. We actually have a number of these early, early first generation ukuleles, things that are typically not found in most um, museums. Museums, yeah. Yeah, we have a number of those pieces. Wow. And we use them uh, for educational purposes because yeah. we want to share the sound of these historical instruments and the history, with the world yeah. and the history. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing, man. And so obviously, um, if you're listening right now, you can hear that Sean is somebody who's very passionate about what he does and and the instrument called the ukulele. And so, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Maybe, I don't know how far this goes back, maybe even as a young child. How did you first um, pick up and play and learn um, the ukulele? Yeah, well, you know, I, being born and raised in Hawaii, you're kind of surrounded by the sound of the ukulele. Of course, and certainly, yeah. I was at many, uh, numerous gatherings when I was a child uh, where people were uh, doing kanikapila or jam mm-hmm. sessions, as sure. you would know them. But um, I think, uh, you know, for me, what, what had happened is over the years, as I got into college, um, I went on study abroad and I really lived, I lived in Japan for uh, a number of years and went to a few different universities. And while I was there, um, it, it, wasn't, it was an opportunity uh, for me to learn uh, a new language, a new culture. But at the same time, it was an opp- opportunity for me to reflect on where I came from and who I was. Mm. And, and a part of that uh, identity um, was, uh, you know, just, just connected to a little bit of music and a, a little bit. And the ukulele was yeah. such a strong association with Hawaii. And so I remember walking around, you know, campus with uh, one... Uh, a backpack uh, slung around one shoulder and I had like a, a kind of a cheaper ukulele around the other shoulder. Uh, shoulder, you know, and going and in between classes just getting together. And, and I, I just uh, would, it just brought me uh, smiles and to remember Hawaii that way. But as I played and fussed around with the instrument and made friends, it always made other people smile. And it just made me remember that, um, you know, that, 
music um, and smiles um, uh, transcend language yeah. and transcend culture. Oh, totally. And so it's it was so much fun to be able to do that. And so that's really the the area that uh, that really kind of um, you know brings me back to to some of those experiences. I moved back um, you know from Japan close to 20 years ago now yeah and uh, and uh, but I've always had that interest and so I, I started to study a lot about the history of the instruments the different wow. woods that were being used I even worked at one of the retail stores in Waikiki for a number of years mm. uh, managed there and um, uh, and and that's actually the connection and my interest to to the other side of, of kind of what ukulele friend does is one end is really historical ukuleles, museum grade, extremely rare ukuleles that you would otherwise not find anywhere, even in most museums. And then the other aspect is the full custom ukuleles um, that are that are made from um, some of the best best luthiers, ukulele luthiers, throughout the world. Wow! And so we're kind of on both ends of that spectrum. So yeah. But not so much in terms of, you know, a, a production-made instrument yeah. or, or something that might be, you know, um, a lower-end import instrument. Mm. A lot of places um, that, uh, that someone can acquire an instrument like that. Um, I, I enjoy the, the, uh, the educational aspect and the people that I meet, uh, but I also love the connection between the historical elements because you cannot look at the new custom instruments and the beauty and all that it has to offer without first understanding where it came from. The history from. of it. Yeah. yeah. And the connection between those two, because mm -hmm. the historical ukulele um, is very crude. I mean, if you think about the tools that they had and what they were doing, and you know, it's not the cleanest um, uh, build. Yeah. But the tone is phenomenal. At the same time, you look at these new contemporary builders, and what they're doing is just absolutely remarkable. It's it's like perfection. It's it's like a piece of art. Mm. The new custom ukuleles are really like a piece of art, uh, but. If you remove all the technology and all the skill sets and everything, they're both entirely handcrafted instruments. Mm. You know, whether it's that instrument that's a hundred plus years old or it's one that was just made, they're both entirely handcrafted and have always taken, uh, you know, an interest and a joy in that and communicating that with people all over the world. And that's really what our web page is about. And that's why even if an instrument is sold and so forth, we always uh, move it over into an archive section uh -huh. um, because um, part of what we do is um, is record these instruments, both the historical one as well as the new contemporary one because even new builders are improving at their craft. Mm. And, um, and and so it's it's nice to be for the builders to be able to go back and listen to, to a recording of what they had played and um and and listen how their instruments are developing over time yeah and so um that's something that we like to that we like to be able to do at the same time there are builders all over the world yeah and there's a lot of build, great builders in the continental u.s um in japan korea i mean there are great builders a lot of places australia europe wow. and so um for for those builders to, uh, to afford them an opportunity to be able to go to one resource on our webpage and then be able to listen to some of the best new ukuleles as well as the historical ukuleles so that people don't forget what the origins of the ukulele and the tone of that instrument sound like. But at the same time, what are the new builders doing? How do, how are those what do those instruments sound like? And for somebody who's developing their craft in ukulele building, they can have one repository to go to wow. uh, and listen to all these great instruments. Yeah, and that's amazing because we tend to think, in Hawaii, we tend to think that 
um, some of the best, obviously some of the best musicians, some of the best crafters, some of the best ukuleles right here in our state. Mm -hmm. But what you're sharing with us is that actually if we go beyond, now it's international, Mm -hmm. it's in continental United States, you shared about Australia and places like that that are now picking up and developing ukulele absolutely absolutely and and there's a lot of very fascinating techniques that are being used many of which uh, are, are being borrowed from uh, guitar forums and communities and and then but yet adopting them in uh, such a way that um, they can be used uh, on the ukulele to you know still have an ukulele sound ukulele ish and not yeah. like a guitar yeah and so um, yeah there's there's a lot of movement a lot of exciting things happening even the woods that are being used traditionally Ukulele is made entirely out of koa or possibly yeah. mahogany. Some mm. of the early builders also used mahogany, um, and um, but uh, but at the same time, uh, there there are a lot of different possibilities with different types of woods. A lot of exotic woods from different parts of the world that will yield different types of tones. Yeah. Um, and and really, it's um, it's all about the aesthetics and the beauty of the wood, of the hands and the knowledge uh, behind. The uh, you know the, the craftsmanship of the build, mm. but it's also a pairing with the person who's going to be owning that instrument, playing it, it playing it. What yeah. genre of music do you play? And certain woods may be a better combination for that. Wow. Builds are done uh, more with finger picking in style or strumming in style. Accompaniment, six wow. string, eight string, four string. There's a lot of different possibilities in addition to the woods and combination. So. It's kind of my world and it's and it's fun. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you sound like you really love it. And so um, walk us through a little bit about Ukulele Friend. And um, when did you guys get started? When did you start this whole thing? And walk us through that process. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing. You know, I've been around for, for 20 years. Wow. About, and but uh, of those 20 years, uh, probably about 18 of them. Uh, solely online and and really it was more just a database for me and hobbyists to uh, to go to and see great photos uh, of these rare instruments and I just created that because early on I couldn't find this information for myself when Mm. I was trying to study this stuff yeah and so um, you know I wanted to create a database for people to be able to go there see great photos have the detailed write-ups understand the history of these instruments yeah. um, I mean and certainly that helps uh, you know the consumer who's looking to purchase an instrument but really the heart behind that was more education than anything yeah. else yeah and so uh, you know those 18 years or so the odd thing was having such rare and valuable instruments was was always something that you know made me sleep shallow at night I mean mm. you have insurances in place and so forth but <laughs> I'm sure yeah um, you know you know a lot of these instruments you know, can't be replaced even if you get an insurance yeah. for them because they're just so rare yeah and so um, I, I, I worked really hard at branding and marketing ukulele friend outside of Hawaii mm. online only yeah and establishing that presence online and it was only about two years ago now um, that we took up a space here in Kaimuki and uh, and we basically share um, uh, building space um, in the same building as Roy Sakuma <laughs> so oh. next door oh. they're teaching ukulele I thought and, I heard something yeah. you know somebody playing or something so <laughs> so basically uh, you know we took up a space here and um, um, and it's been it's been great uh, yeah. you know because it's it's 
really been able to certainly advance um, efforts in business because we have a designated space where people can come in, have consultation on each of the instruments they might be interested in. Yeah. So there are no walk-in hours. It's only by scheduled appointment. Mm-hmm. And we have a nice quiet space so that you can actually hear the subtle nuances and differences from one instrument to the next. Wow. And we can have a discussion as we are having here yeah. about the background of the builder, the woods that are being used, the different approaches to the build, and really be able to uh, you know educate those who come in mm. um, uh, from that perspective so that we can find the best match yeah. The the one thing that people ask me uh, often is is you know which is the best ukulele? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask pretty soon. Which know, is the best? It's and and it really I mean at this level because the intonation is right, you know um, they're all beautiful instruments. It's not so much A is better than B mm. in as much as what is the best instrument that that it, that fits your playing style, For the music you enjoy, wow. and the comfort of the instrument and so forth. And that will vary from person to person. Wow. And so um, that's why we enjoy what we do on the custom ukulele end because each of these are just perfection. Yeah. Uh, and and then the question is, 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 is for me to help you... Um, one, explain um, the differences between these, but also for me to understand, um, you know, what type of music do you enjoy and how do you play and, and what is the best pairing for that and make some suggestions. Clearly, um, aesthetics are involved, how yeah. the instrument looks like. Certainly a budget and price points are also sure. involved. Um, but, um, but really it's playability, aesthetics, the looks of the instrument, um, the playability in terms of, you know, um, uh, the ease of play, the neck and the feel of the instrument. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, most importantly, is the sound. Mm. Yeah. Man, so we're going to continue talking to Sean in just a minute. More about Ukulele Friend, uh, about his store, and uh, probably about some of the most impressive or, or most rare ukuleles that he's come across. We'll be right back on the Unscripted Podcast. Hey, guys. Chad here. I want to sincerely... Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. And I also want to let you know to follow us on Instagram at Unscripted Podcast One. That's Unscripted Podcast, the number one on Instagram. And we'll post things and let you know what the upcoming guests are talking about. We'll even let you watch as we film the episode live on Instagram. So go ahead and take this time and follow us at Unscripted Podcast One on Instagram. All right, so we're back here at the Ukulele Friend with my buddy Sean. And um, man, I'm looking around your studio and there's ukuleles obviously hanging everywhere. But there's also um, some of these articles. One of them's from Hanaho Magazine, um, the Hawaiian Airlines Magazine. We would all know that. And uh, Sean, talk to us about uh, a little bit about what this article is and how it came about with yeah. Hawaiian Air. Yeah, well, well, you know, like I was saying, we've been around for 20 years and of 18 of those years, we've been uh, online and um, and there came a point when I, you know, I believe so firmly in the education of the ukulele that I, I had to make a, a decision. Uh, if I wanted to advance efforts about education, then obviously I need to let people know that I have these instruments <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, and where they're from and so forth. And so once we had a location and we had, you know, all things set up security and all of these things, yeah. then, um, you know, I began to um, uh, let the, you know, people here, certainly in Hawaii, as well as... Uh, Others throughout the world know that we had a physical location yeah. um, uh, where we could where we could meet. Hanaho had heard about um, what we were doing mm-hmm. um, uh, with regards to recording these historical instruments because some of the ukuleles that you're seeing in in this article is a ten page article that Hanaho did wow. are some of the rarest ukuleles on the planet. Oh my god! I gosh. mean, some of these instruments 
um, are the absolute oldest of old ukuleles. So ukulele is a very young instrument. Yeah, um, like you shared earlier. Speaking. But, um, but still, these are some of the first ones. Even the parent instrument to the ukulele. So they did a write-up on one of those. And there are also uh, an ukulele in the shape of an airplane that was made by Stromberg Bienist. I'm looking at this thing. It's amazing, man. It looks exactly like it almost does. to scale model, you know, the model of what was built. And it actually sounds like an ukulele and everything's hand carved on it. Oh. I mean, it has the propeller on there and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, the tail wing on yeah. it. And uh, the story behind that is kind of fascinating because it was it was made in around 1927 by Stromberg Bienist out of Chicago. And um, it was uh, made as a commemorative piece um, for the uh, for Charles Lindbergh's, Lindbergh's first, first transatlantic flight, flight yeah. um, from New York to to Paris. Wow. We also have a, a Kamaka cigar box ukulele. Only about is, yeah. seven of those exist in the world, <laughs> uh, and they were never made to be uh, sold. Yeah, sold, but they were more of a novelty piece. Sure, sure. Um, and the story with that is is that uh, the Kamaka family had some. Uh, uh, some neighbors um, who a neighbor who enjoyed smoking cigars quite a bit gave him a <laughs> bunch of uh, cigar boxes and said hey have it. I didn't have fun and and he thought he'd uh, give it a run and see if he could make an ukulele out of it you know out of a number of attempts seven or eight of them uh, were successful and that's one that's one of those uh, one of those instruments the pineapple is actually pretty cool too because that the pineapple is so closely as associated, obviously, with Hawaii Hawaii's because of sure. dole pineapple yeah. and the plantations, right? Yeah. But um, but um, Kamaka actually patented that pineapple design in the late twenties, oh. and what's fascinating about that is is that um, it came. It was created at a time uh, when uh, there were many, many, many builders on the continental U.S that were making ukuleles sure and the traditional shape of the ukulele as you know it looks like a little guitar figure eight shape right yeah. and so the first pineapples were actually painted they created that pineapple shape mm. they painted the first few and in the next generation they painted the back only oh. and then eventually they got rid of the painting as a whole they used the decal of a pineapple on there um, but it came right at around that time of the Great Depression. Wow. And so it was it was um, an un entirely unique design. It was patented by the Kamaka family. And it yeah. did help to sustain uh, the family and the company. Yeah. As we know now, Kamaka has just made, uh, you know, a uh, hundred years yeah. centennial celebration of their family business in 2016. Uh, but it did help to sustain sales through the Great Depression years as well. Wow. So there's a lot of... A lot of neat um, history um, behind these these pieces that yeah. were made. Yeah. And man, so on this podcast, Unscripted Podcast, we're all about encouraging and empowering people through the sharing of stories. And so, man, I got to ask you, with the history behind all of these instruments that you um, obviously have in possession in different areas and things, but when you get to talk to people that bring these in or that have this long family history behind this instrument and you get to hold it and you get to play it, would you talk to us about, man, what does that feel like to have that history? You're talking about the Great Depression. You're talking mm -hmm. about Lindbergh's first mm -hmm. transatlantic flight, uh, cigar boxes from years, hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And so what does that feel like as you're holding it, as yeah. you're playing it? It's, you know, every one of these pieces has a personality of its own. And yeah. if you look at the instrument, oftentimes, especially the older instruments, will have nicks and dings and yeah. you have cracks mm -hmm. and you know but that's part of the part of the personality of the instrument 
just as the instrument ages, uh, you know, uh, or just as we age, so does the instrument sure, age. We get sure. scars on our knees and elbows, <laughs> yeah, just as the yeah. same as these instruments do. Wow. But you know, um, what is really neat is um, is that builders will tell you that they are building their instruments toward a specific sound. Mm. Oftentimes, that sound is connected to music of this generation or of today. Yeah. The same thing's true with um, these historical instruments. They were being built with a sound in mind from that time period. Oh. And so, what is really neat is is um, as we as we work with some of these great musicians, Imua Garza, who's yeah, our good buddy our Imua. Good buddy, yeah. Imua <laughs> Right from C4. Shout out to Imua Garza. Yeah. Hoko award winning Imua right. Garza this that's year. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. So as we work with these great musicians such as Imua Herbota Jr., you know, Ian O'Sullivan, um, there are just a host, Mika Kane, you know, Given Yagi, there are so many great Given musicians. Given actually graduated from Kalani High School. Oh yeah. Uh, just a few years ago and and now it's amazing to see him. He's doing great yeah. things in a band in Naihu. That's yeah, awesome. and they're doing wonderful things. But, you know, as we go and uh, into studio and we record um, these historical instruments in particular, um, we notice that if if our musician, and, and Imua can speak to this too, is that he will noodle with the instrument before we start recording. And mm-hmm. if he tries to play something more, a little more contemporary, maybe a little more modern, yeah. that is out of character of that instrument, typically in that, uh, in that studio, we have the sound tech, we have the musician, mm-hmm. right? Myself uh, or a videographer and uh, three or four of us. And we're, we're all in that room. And, yeah. and basically, um, uh, if Imo were to play something a little more contemporary, it's almost as though that, that instrument uh, is an additional person, like an old timer. Wow. That will kind of stand up and say, Sonny. I, I don't play that kind of music. Wow. It's that kind of connection. Yeah. But if he plays something that is period specific, yeah. like we have a recording of Herb Ota Jr. playing one of our oldest ukuleles built around 1895 or so. Yeah. And, um, and he's playing Aloha Oi. As mm. you know, this was written by the queen. Sure. As she was held captive in Iolani Palace. Yeah. So this particular ukulele did not belong to the queen. There was no connection there. Sure. But it was in existence at the time the song time was period. written. Yeah. And so we have that recording from Herbota Jr. And if you listen to that, it just gives you chicken skin because it comes alive and takes on a whole new personality. And it's as if that there's a person there from Absolutely. that time period saying, this is my music. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. That is amazing, man. It blows my mind. And so, man, if this is encouraging you, if this is um, blowing your mind like it is mine, I would uh, ask you and encourage you to check out Ukulele Friend online. Um, Sean, tell us where can we find you guys? Social media, website, where can we find you? I mean, Ukulele Friend, you can just go to Uh ukulelefriend.com and you'll find a whole bunch of resources on there. There are different ways that you can sift through a lot of those resources. The video, um, we have an Ukulele Archives page and you can even type in if you're looking for certain types of ukuleles and you want to see some history and so forth. Kamaka, it'll pull up all of those and so forth. Um, There's also a video archive on the webpage and you can also do different types of searches. You can search historical ukuleles you can search contemporary uh, or i should say uh, custom ukuleles Um, even historical guitars we have a few uh, recordings of some amazing historical guitars kamakas and others Um, and and uh, and these are being played from some of uh, hawaii's top musicians yeah and um, and you can hear the personality of these instruments there so you can find us at our webpage ukulelefriend.com we're also uh, on facebook um, at uh, facebook um 
Just look up ukulele yeah, friend. I've friend. seen a few of the videos yeah. on your Facebook page, and it's yeah. of those top artists of Hawaii yeah. testing out playing some of these yeah. instruments that are, I mean, centuries old, right? Same at Instagram, ukulele friend, and yeah. uh, Twitter as well. Awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today, taking some time out to share that rich history that somebody who grew up in Hawaii all my life would never have known about about this instrument that we grew up with. So, Sean, thanks for joining us here on the Unscripted Podcast today, man. A lot man. of fun. Thank you so much for coming out. Great hanging out. Awesome. Aloha. Hey, guys. Chad here. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode of the Unscripted Podcast. I truly hope you were encouraged and also empowered to share your story with other people. And as always, feel free to email us your feedback at unscriptedpodcast1 at gmail.com. We want to thank you for listening. Hit the subscribe button if this has encouraged you at all. Join us next week again and have the best day ever.